Amen. Now, if I was to ask you, what did I preach on on May the 19th of 2019? I know you'd immediately know. Uh, no, I didn't know either till it came up in Facebook memories about, you know, 10 days ago or whatever it was. I, I had no idea either. And, uh, and, and actually, it was reposted. Um, and someone said this was a great message. I had no idea what, it, what I preached on. But actually, back in May of that year, we were, we were doing a series called Life Verse. And different ones of our staff took a Sunday to talk about a verse that was particularly significant to them on their Christian journeys. And because I'd lived longer than any of them, I, said, I, took, I took the claim to say I can have two. So I had two life verses. And on Sunday, May the 19th, I talked about, I entitled it Living a Generous Life, but the life verse was this. Proverbs 11:24. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. That was a verse. That was a verse that impacted my life when I was quite young, and that's a verse that has been a significant uh, guide to the way I approach life right through all these years. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. So on the 19th of May that year, I preached on living a generous life. Now, without being too dramatic, on the 21st of May that year, I had a major heart attack right? And I just want to say this. If things had turned out differently, I'd be very glad that that was the last message you heard from me. Heck, you'd have remembered it then. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but I would, because I, th I, th I think the truth of that scripture and the attitude is so important. And guess what? I'm coming back to it today because we're, we're in a series just now which, which, which we're, we're calling Identity Crisis. And basically, the underlying thought is this. We need to really own who we are and what we value, and we need to like set those things in stone in our lives so that when we might be tested along a certain line, when we might be pulled in a certain direction, we've already decided what are the values we are going to hold to. So last Sunday, Charlotte taught on I am faithful. And this Sunday, I want to talk about I am generous. What's, what are some of the things we choose as an identity? So the Bible really encourages us in the direction that we need to pre-decide that we are generous. Now, I don't know who on earth counts this stuff, but apparently, and I read it on the internet, so I think it's true, all right? <laughs> apparently, apparently, in 2007, the average person was exposed to 5,000 advertisements every day. I mean, you think of everyone that pops up on your phone when you're scrolling through Instagram or whatever else, and think of billboards you pass and all this. They reckon we're exposed to about 5,000 advertisements. Obviously, they're not working because you're all stunned at the statistic, <laughs> right? You never, even know, you never even noticed that they, you know, you saw them. 
but 5,000. That was in 2007. Now, since then, social media has really come into its, um, its own. And, and we see, they reckon nowadays the average person sees about 10,000 adverts a day which actually isn't good news. Apart from that, they can be so annoying. It, it isn't good news because it means 10,000 times a day, we're encouraged to be dissatisfied with what we've got and told we need something newer, better, bigger. Because that's really what's the bottom line when it comes to Advertising and, and, and the pervasive kind of message through advertising is, is if you want to be happy, you have to get more. You have to have better. You have to acquire. You have to accumulate. And you really can't have a good life unless your iPhone is the latest model. Darn, how embarrassing to have an iPhone 11. How can you live that way? Right? But that's, that's kind of, you know, the, that's the way it's all structured, is to push us towards things. And the culture just screams it at us over and over again. What our culture says is it's more blessed to get. It's blessed to acquire. And it tells us that 10,000 times a day, happiness comes from getting, which is why Jesus had a very counter cultural message. The message of Jesus in Acts 20, 35 was this. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Amen. He went right against the stream of, of the culture of his day and the culture of our day, which says, get all you can. You'll be happier if you get more. And Jesus said, here's how you'll be happy. I think Charlotte mentioned last word, week that the Greek word that's translated blessed really means happy. So what Jesus said is you'll be happier when you're generous. You will be more joyful when you are giving. Now, some of you are cringing just now because you invited guests to come today and they're here for the first time and you think, for heaven's sake, Roger, couldn't you preach on something else? <laughs> Right? And, 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 I, wanna, I, and I, I just want to put this disclaimer in today. I, I'm, I'm not trying to push people in giving here today. What I am trying to do is this. If you will adopt a generous lifestyle, maybe an even more generous lifestyle, Jesus said you will be even happier. Amen. All right? Now, those of you who know me, hopefully, know that that's why I'm on this today. It isn't because anybody's looking for your money, because God always provides for his work. The reason we're here today is what I want as your pastor, is I want you to live the most blessed and the happiest life possible. Amen. That's what I'm looking for. Okay? And if you are visiting, no, this is not that church, and I am not that pastor. <laughs> Happens to be where we landed this Sunday morning. So I want to talk about making generosity part of who we are and one of our values. Identity crisis. I am generous. That's who I am. The thing is this, nobody ever accidentally became irrationally generous. 
No one ever stumbled into giving to their church, paying the rent for somebody who was struggling, buying things for somebody who couldn't afford them, funding a missions trip. Nobody ever stumbled into that. You, you, you know, a lot of folks say, and I totally get this, they say, when I have more, you know, I'll be able to give more. You know, when I can afford it, when I'm in a better place, I'll give more. And I just want to say this, generosity isn't about what you have and don't have. Generosity is about your state of heart. That's what it's all about. The early years of ministry, we, were, we really struggled financially. In fact, I, I, I did a little research the other day, and I discovered the first church that, that I pastored, um, it was a small church. They paid me 11 pounds a week, which means nothing to you. Which, <laughs> it was nothing. But anyway, uh, but, but what I did, I, I translated that, and I got it kind of in today's terms in the United States. That's the equivalent today of making $300 a week. So that was, yeah, I was rolling in it, yeah. So, so I was, so $300, so $300 a week. So it's no wonder that we struggle to make ends meet. That's in today's economy here now, living on Long Island. If, if I was making $1,200 a month, that was it. And we struggled. It was hard work. I mean, I mean Jill, God bless her. Jill was a, 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 is a wizard with a sewing machine. So when our kids were tiny, you know, like every little dress Charlotte wore, Jill made. We didn't have money to go and buy them. We went to these stores like, uh, like Michael's kind of things, those awful places, right? Where, <laughs> hate that place. So, so, you know, we'd go to there and we'd go to the clearance where they were selling, selling off little odds and ends. Oh yeah, that's just big enough to make a dress. It costs next to nothing. She'd go over and, and she'd take it home and within an hour or so she got a dress made and that was, that, that, was, that was how we did it, you know? That was, that, was, that was how things went for years. She made me a pair of pants once. <laughs> how about that? I mean, that's skill, really, right? That, 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 really, that really is skill. But it, but it was hard. We used, to, we used to have an interesting system in the UK where, you know, we, we had gas in, in our house and... Um, the way you paid for the gas was you had a little meter in a closet and you fed it with like quarters. Yeah, so you fed the meter with quarters. And then every now and again, you'd be cooking a meal and the, the gas went out. And it's like, oh, let's go see, let's get a quarter. And you'd be scraping around and you'd keep quarters. And, but there were some time, I remember one night when I was in the middle of, uh, I, I, was, I was making dinner that night. I'm in the middle of making dinner, the stove went out. We did not have a quarter. I'm, I don't mean we didn't have change. I meant we didn't have a quarter. You know, we didn't have the pennies that would make up a quarter to go to the corner store and say, can you give me a quarter for this? We didn't have a quarter. Thankfully, we had a coal fire. So I put the pots on the coal fire and finished making dinner. I tell you, if you like your food as much as I do, you find a way to make it happen. So, so that's... But, but all that to say this, all that to say this, the determination to be generous was solidified in our lives back then, not later on when things were a little more comfortable. 
Don't wait till things are better. Don't wait till you've got more. Embrace. Here's how I am. Here's who I am. Here's how I'm going to be. If you own generosity when you've got little, the fact is God's going to honor that. Make the decision now. Here's the person I am. I am a generous people. Heck, I've seen poor people that are stingy, but I've seen poor people that are irrationally and beautifully and sacrificially generous. I've seen rich people who wouldn't part with a penny. And I've seen rich people who've made a significant difference with their lives. So I want us today to have a look at what the Bible says about being generous. Uh, because the thing is this, if you're not generous now, I promise you, you will not be generous later. Generous now. In Luke 12 and verse 16, Jesus starts to tell a story. Um, then he told them this story. The farm of a certain rich man produced a terrific crop. He talked to himself, what can I do? My barn isn't big enough for the harvest. So he, here he was. He was doing incredibly well. He had more than he needed. But notice what he didn't say. He didn't say, now that I've got more than I need, who can I give it to? Now that I've got more than I need, can I help my church? Now that I've got more than I need, are there some single moms around that I could encourage? He didn't say, I'm going to be a blessing to the people around about me. He, here's what he did, verse 18. Then he said, here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll gather in all my grain and goods, and I'll say to myself, self, you've done well. You've got it made and can now retire. Take it easy and have the time of your life. What did he do when he got more? He did what he always did. He looked after himself because more money does not make you more generous. More money just makes you more of what you already are. I'm going to say that again because that's pretty clever, all right? All right. More money makes you more of what you already are. He had more than he needed, and he decided to look after himself. The story doesn't end well for him, but we're not going there today. <laughs> Having more doesn't change who you are. It just reveals who you are. And what I want to just remind you of today, if you want to be generous when you have more, Learn to be generous when you have less. Embrace it as a core value. Here's who I am. Here's how I am. I am generous. Okay, have you got that? All right, now you're still on the same page. Basically, I'm sharing this because I want you to be blessed because it's more blessed to give than to receive, okay? All right, because I'm sure one or two folks will go to here today and I might not be as much their friend as I used to be, but we'll keep going. <laughs> I'm, I mean, basically, I just want to encourage you. This, this stuff works. And sometimes we can get so nervous of it and so defensive about it that we fail to realize it. And, and I just want you to know, I, you know, I, I've, I've known the Lord for uh, 60 years now. And, 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 and in all those years, I want to tell you this, this stuff works. This stuff works. If you want a happy life, the, the, you, you know, 
If you keep everything to yourself, if, you're, if your eyes are always on yourself, your world will grow smaller and smaller. But if you will live a generous life looking to bless other people, you are going to live a happy, satisfying, fulfilled life. And that's what I want for you, which is why I'm reminding you of this today. I'm not talking about giving as an action. I'm talking about being generous as a character personality trait. It's who I am. So two things today. They were a little worried in the office when they came to put my notes online because they said, you've only got two points to your sermon. Did, you, did we lose the sheet? And <laughs> no, we just got two because the introduction took a long time, right? So here we go. All right, so, so the first thing I want to say is this. Generous people plan to be generous. Generous people plan to be generous. It is not a random thing. Now, from time to time, we might give randomly and, and different things get us, you know? You, you know when you're watching some TV show and it cuts to a commercial and the, and, 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 and the poor emaciated dogs come on, right? Right, and that, that commercial goes on forever and a day, like, right? Because if the first dog don't get you, the next one's going to, and it's like, you know, and you might respond to that, and, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's a very real need. Or, or, or a load of other stuff that might come in front of our faces and say, oh, I need to give to you, I need to give to there. And that's all good stuff. That's giving. It's not necessarily a heart of constant generosity. There's a difference. Giving is good. Generosity is a different thing. Generous people don't need to be guilted into giving. Generous people aren't reactive, they're proactive. It's not that they give whenever they see a need, they give as a way of life and they have a plan. In Isaiah 32 and verse 8, it says this, but generous people plan to do what is generous and they stand firm in their generosity. Generous people plan to be generous and they stand firm in their generosity. We plan, we stand firm. See, when it comes to finances, most people have a plan. The plan is to consume. If there's something we want, we work out how to get it, and we get really strategic about getting it. But generous people are not always thinking about what they need next. Generous people think about and plan where they can invest and give. It's strategic. It's prayerful. Really, our, our whole culture is built around getting. But the thing is with giving, it's not something that's just emotional. It's something that's strategic. It's not random. Giving needs to be very intentional. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. I love just the honesty of this verse. So in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, here's what it says. It says, I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over and make up your own mind what you will give. That will protect you against sob stories and arm twisting. God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. I love that verse. That's biblical giving. Planned, 
thought through, no arm twisting, no sob stories, pleasing God in our giving. But, but, but the thing is, you know, most Americans, let's face it, live beyond their means, maxed out on credit cards, and then the accountant gives you the news you were really hoping for, you're going to get a tax refund. And it's like, oh, thank God, we can get the new car. It's like, no, pay your debts. But it's always what's next, what's next, what's next, what's next. People plan to get and we need to plan to give. It's not just a money thing, it's a spiritual thing too. Because if we're not careful, we fill our lives with things and there's little left for God. And generous people break that cycle. Not accidentally either, strategically. They break the cycle by choosing to put God first. Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of, first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus talks in Matthew 6 about all the stuff of life, but he says, here's what I want to tell you. If you put God's kingdom first and God's righteousness first, you know what? Everything else will be taken care of. Most of the world lives the other way up live for all the other things, and God gets what's left. But Jesus said, if you will reverse that, you're going to find you get all the other things as well. And, and you know what? That, that's, that's, it's good for us to challenge ourselves on whether we have been tainted by the overwhelming philosophies and spirits of the world we live in. It's good for us to check ask ourselves. Now, Saturday, Sunday morning, of course, comes after Saturday night. If, if you're new here, that's as profound as I get, all right? So, so Saturday mor Sunday morning comes after Saturday night. Now, now here's the thing. You know, it, it, you could very easily, on a Saturday night, two of you go out, and, and you could very easily lay out a hundred bucks for, for two meals and some drinks. Very easily, right? That's fine. Go ahead, have a meal, enjoy yourself. Then you come to church Sunday morning. This is where it's going to get tense. You ready? <laughs> but it's good for us sometimes to take inventory. How much is church worth to me? A meal on Saturday night is worth 100 bucks, no problem. Or, or maybe in a show or maybe in a concert, which was way more than that, and that was good. But when it comes to church... Church where I get fed spiritually, church where there are people who care for me, care for our kids, care for our family. Now, you know, you, 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 may, you may justifiably say to me, and, and you, you know, you may get a little bit defensive and say, Roger, you know, you're talking about 100 bucks on a Saturday night. I can't do that twice on a weekend. So if you can only do it once, You got the point? <laughs> I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad here. I'm trying to help you take inventory, all right? I really, I really, really am. Remember, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Seek first his kingdom, 
putting God first. You, 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 you know, most of you know the principle that was established in Scripture to help to us to make sure that we remember to put God first. It's in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, where God says to his people, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. See if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing there will not be room enough to store it. Now, we, the word tithe is only ever used in one context, I think, nowadays, church life and giving. So simply put, it's 10% of what God blesses you with. And God said to his people, I want you to give 10% of what I bless you with back to me. Now, you may kind of recoil from that a little bit. You say, well, that, that's ridiculous. I can't afford that. How could I live? Check it and find out. Check it and find out. You may say, well, how do I do that? I'd have to rearrange some stuff. You probably would if you put God in a place of priority. I, I think actually when God made that statement, he expected pushback. Because if you notice there, just in, in, in that verse, God said to the people, test me in this. I think he's expecting a bunch of people to say, oh, that's ridiculous, I can't do that, I can't afford that, I've got all this, I've got all that. And God says, test me. Now, that's an interesting statement. It doesn't occur anywhere else in the, in, in the Bible. In fact, in the New Testament, when, when the devil was tempting Jesus, when he was in the wilderness, here, here's, here's what... Jesus told the devil, he said, it is written, you must not tempt or test the Lord your God. So don't test. But here's God saying to his people, he's saying, hey, if you don't believe this stuff, or if you reckon that it's really not going to work, here's the challenge I'm going to put out to you. Test me. Try it out. See if it is more blessed to give than to receive. See if when you put me first in your giving, see if I will open the windows of heaven and pour out blessing on you that you will not be able to contain. Now, the Bible isn't saying, and I'm not saying, that if you give to God and are generous in your giving, that you're going to get rich. I didn't say that. But what I am going to tell you is this. If you make God a priority in your life, God will always prove himself faithful. I'm going to say that again, because that, there have got to be more than three people here who can say amen to that. All right. What I am saying is that you, if you will honor God, God proves himself faithful. Amen. All right, I'm going to quit trying, but I got the idea. All right. Because God is the ultimate giver. Our gospel is a gospel based on generosity. You want me to prove that? Very easy. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God didn't say, I can't give Jesus. Come on. But God so loved that he gave. I want to tell you this, you can change the trajectory of your life by putting God first in your giving. Own the identity of being generous. Giving isn't just something you do. Generosity needs to become who we are. It's a mindset that happens 
when we put God first. I'm not going to give God what I've got left over. I'm not going to give God what I can manage without. I'm going to give God the first and the best and trust Him to bless the rest because I am generous. I heard something this week I'd never heard before. Apparently, in, in, in Bible days, when Roman soldiers uh, came to put their faith in Jesus, and when they were baptized, they would hold their sword in their hand. And as they were baptized and lowered down under the water, they would hold their swords up high. And they were saying, everything I've got is God's, but I'm keeping hold of this. I think, oh, do I dare say this? I think when some folks get baptized, they're actually holding their wallet up here and saying, Jesus has got every bit of me, but this is mine. No, I shouldn't have said that. All right. All right, let's move on quickly. So generous people plan to be generous. It won't just happen. And then the second thing is this. Generous people go above and beyond. Proverbs 21, 26. Sinners are always wanting what they don't have. That's the way the world is. The God-loyal are always giving what they do have. The God-loyal are always giving what they do have. Going above and beyond. In, in Luke 10, Jesus tells the story that we know is the story of the Good Samaritan. And this man finds the guy at the roadside who's been beat up and left for dead. And, and uh, he stops and he looks after him and he does his best to take care of him. And he takes him to an inn nearby. And in Luke 10, 35, here's what it says. It says, in the morning, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper saying, take good care of him. If it costs any more, put it on my bill. I'll pay you on my way back. He went above and beyond. He didn't to say, I'll take you to an inn. He took him to the inn. He gave the innkeeper some money. And he said, I'll stop by on my way back. And I'll take care of anything else that's left over. He went above and beyond. In Luke 19, Jesus went to the city of Jericho. As he was entering the city of Jericho... Most of you know the story of Zacchaeus, the tax collector. So Zacchaeus had, had scrambled to get to a place where he could see Jesus. And in the middle of this huge crowd, Jesus came over to Zacchaeus and said, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to come to your house today. Of all the people, most despised person in the city of Jericho, Jesus went to hang out with him. He was a crook. And when Jesus came to his house, Zacchaeus told Jesus he was going to make some changes. That's a good thing. I think most of us would make some changes if Jesus came into our house, right? So Jesus comes into the house and, and Zacchaeus says, Zacchaeus says to him in Luke 19 and verse 8, it says, he just stood there a little stunned. He stammered apologetically, Master, I give away half my income to the poor. And if I'm caught cheating, I pay four times the damages. He'd rob people as a tax collector. And he said to Jesus, I'm just going to give away half of what I've got. And anybody I've, I've, I've cheated, I'm going to give them four times. He went above and beyond. 
In Matthew chapter 5, verse 41, 42, Jesus said, if the military demand you carry their gear for a mile, carry it too. Give to those who ask. Don't turn away from those who want to borrow. The generous live to a plan and go above and beyond. Generous. Generous to a fault. In any area, in any way, wherever we might be, whether it's the tip we leave in a restaurant or, 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 or whether it's our giving in church life or to other things, whatever it might be, generous above and beyond. I've told the story before. My very first visit to India was 1984. And I was there for a couple of weeks and was in a number of different locations. And one, one particular place I was in, um, we went out to a, a, another small town for two nights, and I did services in their church for two nights. Small church, wonderful young pastor. And then after the service the first night, he was talking to uh, my friend who, who, who translated everything for me, and, and my friend said, now after the service tomorrow night, there's a lady in the church who's asked to cook dinner for us. So if you're in like uh, that kind of a situation, here's a tip for you. You always ask the question from the person in the know, will it be safe? Right? Because we never want to kind of take that for granted. Will it be safe? Oh, yeah, it'll be absolutely good. Okay, fine. Love it. Now, as most of you know, and if you didn't, I wonder where you've been. I love Indian food. That's my favorite cuisine. So it was like, yeah, you're going to go get a meal at this lady's house. That's great. So after the service was over on the second night, we walked along the street to this little hut, which was made up of bits of wooden panels, corrugated tin, and with a tin roof. And we went inside, and there were some like blankets on the floor and hardly a stick of furniture. And we sat on the floor in this hut. I could sit cross-legged in those days, but those days are way gone. So <laughs> they, they, those days are long gone. But, but we sat there on the floor, you know, and, and we ate the whole thing Indian style. You didn't have a fork or a knife. You ate with your hands, your fingers. It was, it was, it was fabulous. The, the meal was really, really good. And, and I talked to the pastor I was with afterwards, and I said, you know what, um, that was a really nice meal. It was very kind of her. And here's what he said. He said, she will have worked extra hours all this week. And she will have gone without herself. And the family probably just ate rice this week so that they could have some chicken to give to us tonight. And what she did today is the kind of meal that they might have once a year for a special occasion albeit it was a very simple meal, a delicious meal. I'm still talking about it 40 years later. It was a delicious meal. But basically, out of her poverty, she found a way to be generous. Folks, it's the way to live. It's the way to live. I decided when I was young when I discovered that verse in Proverbs as a teenager, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. 
I decided which of those I wanted to be when I was a teenager. And I'm standing here today, and in case you hadn't noticed, I'm not a teenager anymore. But God's never, ever let me down as I've pursued the kind of life that the Bible encourages us into. Listen, generosity isn't a money issue. It's a heart issue. It's a spiritual issue. Generosity isn't just giving here or giving there. Generosity is saying, this is who I am. And if we make that decision as a foundational principle in our lives, it will be easier to make a call when different situations arise. If you want to be generous when you have more, start to be generous with what you have now. Decide now that's who you are and that's how you are because we serve the most generous God. We need to reflect who our Father is. We need to be absolutely just like our Father. I saw a picture this morning of our great-grandson, Waylon, who will be three in July. And yesterday, they, they were out with him uh, out east, and uh, he's on this little toy-sized tractor thing, having the time of his life. He loves trucks, any big machinery. He's fascinated by it. His father was like that when he was three years old. And it's like nobody taught him. Is, is that genetic? <laughs> Who knows? But you look at him and you think, dear Lord, that's a cut-down version of his dad. <laughs> and people need to look at you and me and say, there's a cut-down version of their heavenly father. Our response to who God is and how God is needs to be, I am generous. That's my chosen identity. That's who I am. That's how I am by the grace of God. God first, then everything else. And I want to encourage you today. I, you know, I genuinely hope nobody's got offended by anything I say. I'm a sensitive soul, really. Don't laugh, I am. But I do, I do want for you to live a big life and not one that's just locked up in stuff that will never satisfy and yourself and your own ambitions. Live big. Dream big. Be generous. I am generous. Let's pray.